You're listening to the What The Fab podcast, where empowered women empower women through candid conversations, inspiring stories, and tangible tips. I'm your host, Elise Armitage. I'm a digital creator, and I left my nine to five job at Google to chase my dreams of being an entrepreneur. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's get into some real talk. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the What The Fab podcast, episode 59. I have kind of been on a roll with these solo episodes. We're just going to keep that trend rolling and do another solo one. I actually have two or three more planned that I'll be recording, and then we're probably going to hop into some new interviews and recording some new interviews in the month of March. But I'm excited to do another kind of different conversation today that's also peeling back the curtain a bit and getting really into the nitty-gritty of the top 10 tools and softwares that I use to run my business as a blogger and content creator. Some of them you definitely will have heard of before. Some of them you're probably already using. And I think there's going to be at least one that is a total game changer and new to you tool, mostly because I had never heard of it until very recently and started using it, tried it out, and wanted to tell you more about it in this episode. Before we dive right in, I just want to take a second to remind you, if you've been enjoying these episodes, please go ahead and hit subscribe through whatever channel it is that you're listening through, whatever platform, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, whatever it is. And then if you could take a second to rate and review the podcast, I would so, so appreciate that. I love hearing your guys' thoughts and feedback, and it helps me grow the show as well. So let's dive right in. I've kind of organized these 10 different tools by comms, communications, project management, efficiency, file storing, and creative. And then I have a a miscellaneous one. So we're going to start off with the one that has been a game changer. And I'm so excited about it under the comms section of this list. And this first tool is called Hey. So H-E-Y, it's an email client. And I heard about it through Tim Ferriss's podcast, which I will say I'm not an avid listener of because (laughs) I don't know, just the bro marketing culture and vibe is obviously not my vibe, but I do think that there are nuggets and things that we can certainly, I can certainly learn from dudes that are really good at marketing. It's just not what I prefer to listen to on my day to day, but it was one of those days that I was in the mood to hear a different perspective and to listen to Tim Ferriss and it paid off because he had an ad for Hey. And I was like, this sounds really, really interesting. So Hey is unlike any other email platform because you have control over screening people in and out of your inbox. So there are a few different factors that come with Hey that are different than like your traditional Gmail or like God forbid if you're using Yahoo. (laughs) I don't know. But there are a few different like differentiating factors. But the biggest one is this screening out and in process. So the way it works is anytime somebody emails you for the first time, they're going to get filtered out into 
a screen out, screen in section. And so you'll see you have people that have never emailed you before that are emailing you for the first time. You can take a look at who it is, take a look at their email, and you can just hit yes or no, screen them in or screen them out. They can either enter your inbox or you can never, ever hear from them ever again, no matter how many times they send you follow-up emails or try to email you again from that email address. You will never hear from them again if you screen them out. And if you are a blogger, if you have a website with a decent domain authority, if you're a business owner, you probably get so many fucking emails from people that you just don't want to hear from. People that are trying to sell you shit, their services that you don't need that are totally irrelevant. Like, you want to launch a product business? We'll do it for you in 30 days. I'm like, I have no interest in launching product right now. All of the guest post requests, people trying to get like link placements on your website and like, oh, we'll write these guest posts for you for free. They are so aggressive. They will follow up multiple times. There's no way to stop them. You can ask them to stop emailing you and they'll continue to. All of that is a thing of the past with Hey, and I've been obsessed with it. I'm a little annoyed because (laughs) I just emailed them asking if they have any kind of like referral program or affiliate program. And they said no, which I'm like, well, clearly you had something set up with Tim Ferriss. And I know I'm not Tim Ferriss, but I also think that I reach a very different audience than he does. And I know that my audience would be really into trying out Hey for free, which is what I got to do through Tim Ferriss's link. So anyways, I'm a little annoyed with them that they responded with a no, but we'll see. They said that might change. And there are a few other like factors around hey that I want to tell you about. I mean, obviously, the having control over who lands in your inbox and who can actually reach out to you is huge. It's a game changer. And when you think about email and how email typically works, it really hasn't been revamped or refreshed in a very long time. And Anybody can just like ping you, ding you, land in your inbox. But with Hey, I have really been enjoying having full control over that, just having less junk landing in my inbox, like not having to see follow-ups from people I never want to hear from ever again. It's been really, really refreshing. And it also saves me a lot of time of having to filter through that crap. Because before, when I was using Gmail, I would try to set up filters and I would like put people's emails into this like spam. It was basically a, yeah, like a filter that would make them skip the inbox so I wouldn't have to hear from them again. But with that, it's like every time I have to go in, grab their email, put it into this filter, save it. It would work like 80% of the time, but sometimes it would still land in my inbox. So with this, it's just a simple like thumbs up or thumbs down on that person the first time that they reach out to you. And if you decide later on, like, oh, I accidentally screened this person out, but I do want to hear from them, you can always go back and screen them back in, and then all their emails will land back in your inbox. But it's been great. The other thing you can do with Hey is you can set up kind of like automatic, they call it a paper trail or a feed. And so paper trail is things like your receipts, your monthly invoices. You can kind of train, hey, like something, you know, comes in that's like, thank you for your, you know, monthly subscription of QuickBooks. And I can just mark that really quickly as paper trail. And then that will always skip my inbox and just always show up in the paper trail. Because I really don't need to see every month that I paid $15 for QuickBooks (laughs) self-employed, but it's coming into my inbox. 
And so now it's just going straight to the paper trail. And then the feed is a similar idea, but it's for all the newsletters and things that you subscribe to. And there are things that like, yes, I want to stay subscribed to and like occasionally read through, but it's not something that I need to have in my inbox and like cluttering up my inbox. And so same kind of idea, you can filter specific emails to go straight to your feed and you can kind of scroll through and read it whenever you want. Another thing that's nice about Hey is you can go through your inbox and you can mark emails as set aside for later or reply to later. And then you're kind of like clearing out your inbox. Their whole thing is like, oh, we don't promote like the idea of inbox zero and this like culture of constantly responding to emails, but I still like having a clean inbox when I can. I mean, it's pretty messy most of the times, but it is nice to be like, okay, there are like five emails, like I'm scanning it in the morning and there are five emails that I want to respond to later, but I kind of like don't need them in my face in my inbox right now. I'm going to move them all to respond later. And then you can set certain things aside if you know that you're going to want to reference something later as well. And then when you want to just like blow through your inbox, you can go to that respond later section and just like knock them out one by one. It'll basically show up almost like a feed of like (laughs) the emails that you need to respond to. So those are some differentiators with Hey. I will say the interface is a little bit more clunky than Gmail. Like there are some features that I kind of miss from Gmail, but that control of who actually lands in your inbox or never ever hearing from somebody again is just like so worth it to me that I don't mind that it's not necessarily as, I don't want to say streamlined because it's still like easy to use. It's just a little bit clunkier than Gmail. But like I said, it's worth it for me. I feel like it saves me so much time. It saves my VA so much time because beforehand, I have two inboxes. I have Elise at whatthefab.com and hello at whatthefab.com. The intention there is that I'm communicating through Elise at whatthefab.com and all my like external facing stuff, like my email address that I list on Instagram, on the website, on Facebook, that's hello at whatthefab.com. And so I'm not having to screen through those. My VA takes a look and either responds or flags things for me to respond to. So we're using Hey for both of those inboxes because we've basically decided that we like it so much. And again, it saves Kristen, my VA, so much time, which saves me money because she's not having to filter through as much crap when we're using Hey as well. So I will put a link to Hey in the show notes and you can check them out. And I will keep pressuring them to see if they will give me some kind of like affiliate link where you can try a month for free, but it's a pretty reasonable price. I think it's like 11 or $12 a month. I think I'm paying $22 a month and that is for having two different inboxes. My biggest question with Hey was when I wanted to try it out, I was like, what happens if I don't like it? And what happens if I want to switch back to Gmail? What happens to all of those emails over that month period that I was trying out? Hey, and there is a tool to import and export your emails like back and forth. If you were to make the decision that you wanted to switch back, you can just email the Hey support team if you have a question about that. But she sent me something that was like, yep, you can just do it through this tool. So that was the only thing that was like, holding me back from at least just trying Hey, and I'm really glad that I did try it because like I said, it's been a game changer for email. Oh, the other thing, 
one more thing about hay. The other thing I like about it is that it shows you who is tracking when you open and click around in emails and it blocks it. And you might be surprised, the people that we're tracking, whether or not you open an email and click around on things. Like, I'm thinking about when I've been negotiating partnerships, I'm like, oh, they were tracking that. Like, they probably saw that I opened that email five fucking times before I responded because I was, like, thinking about how to send my next negotiation back. Obviously, email newsletters of any kind, they're tracking if you're opening them, if you're clicking on things. So it's just nice to know that, like, first of all, I know who's trying to peep on me. And second of all, I can open an email as many times as I want during a negotiation or whatever it is, and they're not going to know about it. All right. So that is Hey. This episode is brought to you by Flowdesk. Flowdesk is an incredible email marketing service provider, and they are the platform that I use for my email campaigns for What the Fab. The platform is so intuitive and easy to use. It's very drag and drop. And best of all, it's aesthetic AF. The templates are beautiful, and you can easily add your own brand colors to it to make sure that your emails look and feel like you. I used to use MailChimp back in the day, but after trying Flowdesk out about a year ago, I was in love and I know you will be too. You can give Flowdesk a try for 30 days free. And if you want to keep them, which I know you will, you can use my referral link to lock in a 50% off price at $19 a month and lock that in forever. You can get this offer and try it for free at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk. And that is spelled F-L-O-D-E-S-K. That's whatthefab.com slash flowdesk. I can't wait to see what stunning emails you create. Okay, let's get back to the episode. The other piece, the other tool under my comms list is Slack. You literally have to be willing to be on Slack in order to work with me as a contractor. I have only had like one or two people that have said they weren't willing to use Slack. There's one in particular I'm thinking of that's like, They kind of do like LTK collages and admin stuff for bloggers. They refused to get on Slack with me. And I was like, this is not going to work out because my inbox is a cluster. I hate being in my inbox. I'm actively trying to spend less time in my inbox responding to emails. And Slack helps me do that. It's so much more organized. And yeah, we just can't work together if you're not willing to get on Slack with me. It's a little hilarious because a friend of mine decided to work with these folks that refused to get on Slack with her. And they were like texting her, emailing her. She would be like, please do not text me. Like, I don't want to get text messages about work stuff. And they just weren't listening to her. So really glad that I was like, nope, it's a red flag. If you can't be on Slack with me, like you've got to be on Slack with me. So I use the free version of Slack and I cannot believe that it's free. Like all the different ways that I use it, I just can't believe that I don't have to pay for it. Let's hope it stays that way. Really, the only kind of downside that I've come across with the free version is that your messages expire after 90 days, which three months, like there have been very few times that I've been like, oh, I wish I could have seen this message from like three months ago. So just to note, if you use the free version and you feel like there's something that you want to like note down because it was important and you want to be able to reference it past three months from now, you might want to do that in a different way because they will disappear with Slack, with the free version. But I use it, oh my gosh, I'm on Slack every day because 
I'll admit when I first heard about it and started kind of like poking around looking at it years ago, I was like, I don't get it. Like, what's the difference between this and email? How is it better? It's very confusing. What's all the channels about? And then there's direct messages and different workspaces. I don't get it. Now that I have gotten acquainted with it and I use it, it's amazing and I could not run my business without it. So I have several different workspaces in here. The first one is like my What the Fab general workspace. So everyone that I work with for my contractors, they are all on this workspace with me and we can either ping each other directly in a DM or there are different channels that I have set up. And so that includes all of my freelance writers, my VA, my content manager, my podcast editing team. Everybody is on Slack. And I also have a couple of like blogger friends that are on Slack with me in that channel as well. And we just talk about like, you know, blog related stuff, industry stuff. And so not everyone is on the same channel. I have like lots of different channels for different things. I have one for the podcast. And obviously the podcast editing team is on there, plus my content manager, because she helps with creating the blog posts that go up alongside the podcast. I have a channel that all the freelance writers are on. So anytime I have an update or things to share there, I can, you know, send that out to all of my writers at once rather than like having to ping each one individually. I have a channel that is specifically for my email newsletters. And so that's where my content manager and I keep things organized and talk about only things for the email newsletter, which if you're subscribed, you'll notice that we've been sending out a two-a-week cadence. So one is like the general newsletter with new podcast episodes, new blog posts, and then the other one is a shopping-related newsletter, which is something that I've been wanting to try for a while. So each week there's a different theme, whether it's like best travel gadgets. Last week was fun Valentine's Day ideas. This week is going to be last-minute gifts for him for Valentine's Day. So those go out every week now, and we've got it like really running like clockwork. And so that's all organized within that Slack channel. There's a few other ones, like there's one that's just for travel. And so my VA and I are on that one together. And that's like whenever she's booking things for me, that's all communicated about within that channel. So it just keeps things organized and it keeps things streamlined. Now that's all within my What the Fab workspace. And then you can have other workspaces. You can join other people's workspaces on Slack or create your own for other teams or parties. So I have another one that is for Babes That Wander. So all the girls in that group were a, a travel blogger group. There's five of us. We're all on that Slack channel together. That workspace. And within that workspace, we have all of our own different channels and ways of organizing things. There was another workspace that I had that was specifically for working with the Teachable team when we were launching my SEO course. And so that one had all the people from Teachable's side on there, myself, my content manager, my VA, and different channels for the launch, the webinar, marketing, Facebook ads, all that good stuff. And so those are some of the different workspaces that I'm on that I have for Slack. And it just, again, it eliminates so much email. It's so much quicker and just more efficient to be able to communicate with people. I tell the people that I'm working with, my contractors, my team, some of us are in different time zones, but I make it really clear that like, 
I don't expect or want people to respond to me if it's outside of their working hours. Like if I'm working later in the evening, which I try not to do, but like even if I'm working at 5 or 6 p.m., my time for people on the East Coast, that's pretty late for them. I might send them some pings on Slack. You can automatically set working hours on Slack so that you don't get notifications outside of certain hours and just don't respond to me until you're back online. And 9 a.m. for an East Coast person is 6 a.m. for me. And that's fine because I'm not going to see those pings until like I'm ready to get into my workday. So it just kind of allows for being that like asynchronous communication and also like real time back and forth when you are both online at the same time. So Slack is great and has, I feel like really cut down on the amount of emails that I receive and just improved how I'm able to communicate with and manage so many different team members because I have, let's see, like three different writers. There's two people from the podcast editing team. There's my content manager. There is my VA. And I'm probably hiring another assistant as well to help with like editing blog posts and formatting. So there's a lot of people and a lot of moving pieces and Slack keeps all of that communication organized. All right, moving on to project management. So tool number three is Asana. There are so many different project management tools out there and you can play around with them. You can check out different ones, but really you just need to like pick one that after, you know, a few glances speaks to you and stick to it because they all do the same thing. So like Trello, ClickUp, Notion. I looked at Notion the other day and I just got very quickly overwhelmed and (laughs) exited out of it really quickly. But I know some people love it. For me, I love Asana. It's very clear to me how to use it, how to move things around. I like that you can look at things as a calendar or a list. I like the functionality of the subtasks within a task, and I use it for a few different things. So I use the free version of Asana. I'm actually not even sure like at what point somebody would need to pay for Asana. I haven't gotten there yet. I think maybe one thing would be like automations, like once one subtask is checked off, then like another one is automatically created or assigned, something like that. But I haven't had the need for that. And the free version has served me really, really well. So here are a few different examples of how I use Asana. I first started out using it as my editorial calendar for the blog. And so I like to look at that in the calendar view. And I have different labels for things. So I like to have things color-coded. So like my Instagram posts that I plan out for the week, those are all purple. When I have a sponsored campaign, the draft due date is on the calendar in yellow. The go-live date is in green. New content that I'm writing for the blog is in red. So like I kind of can see and get a quick snapshot when I look at the week and the month and know what's coming down the pike and what I need to be working on. So that's how I used it for or am using it for my blog editorial calendar. And then I've also used it in like the traditional project management way. So for my SEO course launch, I used it for that. That was great because we were working with like multiple different team members and across other companies. I also use it between myself and Eva, my content manager, for mapping out our shopping newsletter that I mentioned earlier. So within that, we can get a quick snapshot of like, okay, here are the themes that we have for the month. And then within that, she'll kind of pop in 
each task her suggestions for the product selects, and I'll go through and swap things out or approve it, and then we're good to go there. So there's a ton of different ways you can use it. I also have like some boards that are just kind of like to-do lists. I have a personal one. I have one that's like things that I want to accomplish for the year within different categories of the business. So like right now I'm really focused on website things. So I've been adding some items in there and it's great. I'm a big fan and highly, highly recommend it. All right. Next tool is Zapier. So I feel like Zapier is a tool that at first I was like, what can I use this for when I first started looking into it? And now I'm like, I can't live without it. (laughs) So Zapier connects all these different platforms and like makes things happen based on rules. It helps you automate things. I'm on the starter plan that is $20 a month when you pay annually. So that equates to $240 a year. And for me, that is absolutely worth it because of all of the time it saves me and the just the things that it does. I started out with the free plan and then grew. And so you can definitely do that too if you haven't started using Zapier yet. Now, I use Zapier for things that are related to my course these days. And so I absolutely have to have a paid plan for that. I have about 20 different zaps across like things from different pieces of my business, and they fire around 600 times a month. But let me give you some examples of zaps that were helpful for me as a blogger, as a business owner, when I was kind of like first starting out and now. And you can kind of think about different ways that you could use Zapier too, and maybe try out the free version. So one of them, I really like connecting different either project management things like Asana or a spreadsheet where I'm tracking things to a Slack channel and having automatic notifications about the status of things. And so one example would be my podcast channel. So I have a master planner spreadsheet and it maps out here are the episodes that are coming up. Here is the status. Have I not started it? Have I recorded it? Has the team edited it? Is the blog post ready to go live? Is it all published? And so now I have this like spreadsheet set up. It's in Google Sheets. Anytime any of these columns are updated. So for example, with this episode, once I'm done recording it, I'm going to change the dropdown to recorded. Then Zapier is going to send an automatic update to our podcast editing Slack channel. And it's going to say, episode number 59, status, recorded. And so I don't have to go into the Slack channel and say, hey guys, I just recorded the episode. It's ready to go. I just changed that dropdown to recorded. And so then the editing team sees that. They know that it's ready to go. They do their thing. And then when they're done editing it, they change the status to edited and so forth all the way through until the episode and the blog post and all the social posts are live. And that just saves a lot of time from having to be like, oh, this is edited. This is ready to go. Oh, can you review this? Like, It's just automatically being updated. And also having it in that Google Sheet is helpful because like, if I'm traveling and I'm like, I just want to see like a quick snapshot of where everything is, what's the status of things, I can see that rather than like trying to scroll through a Slack channel and conversations. So love that. 
What else? I'm like looking through my zaps right now and seeing what would be good ones to share. Kind of a similar idea. I have one for my freelance writers. So when I add in keywords for them, I give them keywords and that's like what they base their article on. They get an update that's like these keywords have been added and assigned to you. That update comes through in Slack. And then as they go through and start working on blog posts, they change their status to this blog post about anthropology mirror dupes is in progress. We get an update on the Slack channel about that. When it's ready for me to review, they update to that and I see it there. So again, they're not having to be like, here's the post. It's ready for you to review. It's just like a quick update. I have a bunch in here. I mean, just different parts that make my business run without me having to do things. Like on the site, you'll notice that I use a tool called Grow. And that is through Mediavine. And that's what I use to collect emails. It is a better functionality than like a regular email pop-up. I've used Flowdesk's built-in feature in the past. I have used Icegram as a plugin before. Grow is better (laughs) because it just, it has a higher conversion rate. So what you'll see is it will automatically get placed at some point within the page that somebody is landing on. And it also will create that pop-up. And it has a higher conversion rate of getting people's emails. Now, the problem is, what do you do with those emails once they're in Grow? Like, they've collected it. One option is to export a spreadsheet at the end of the week with all the emails it's collected and then import those emails over on Flowdesk. I don't want to do that. Instead, I have Zapier do it for me and it's automatic. It's not like at the end of the week, it's instantaneous. So somebody signs up through Grow, it's collected there, and then it's connected through a Zap and sent over to Flowdesk and tagged appropriately. So those are some different examples of how I use Zapier. There's a bunch more that I could dive into. If you are interested, if you're like, oh, I want to get some more ideas of how I can use Zapier, feel free to shoot me a DM at WTFab. I know it can be really overwhelming at first because there's like a million different ways that you can use Zapier. But once you kind of start using it and figuring it out, it's really, really helpful. Oh, here's one more that I'm going to share because I think it's just like, I just love this one. It's between me and my VA. And this one is a way to quickly and easily notify her when I need her to send an invoice. And so what we do is there are two different folders in Dropbox. One is invoices to send. One is invoices sent. And so let's say I finish a campaign with a brand and I need the invoice sent. I will just take the contract and I will pop it into the Dropbox folder, invoices to send. In the subject line, I will put the brand's name and the email address that it needs to go to. And then that triggers a zap that updates a Slack channel we have called invoices. And it says invoice to send, the brand name, and the email. And so then Kristen, my VA, can go into that Dropbox folder. She can take a look at the contract and be like, okay, here's the amount it needs to be for. They agreed to, you know, net 30 days. 
because it's different all the time depending on the brand and the contract. She has the information on the brand name and who to email it to, and she just pops that all into QuickBooks and sends off that invoice. And then when she is done sending the invoice, she drags that contract file that is in the Dropbox folder invoices to send, and she drags it to invoices sent. And then that triggers a second Slack notification in our invoice channel that says invoice to XYZ brand sent. So I'm not having to be like, hey, Kristen, can you please send an invoice to this brand for this amount, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then her having to be like, okay, this is sent. Like we literally just drag stuff around in Dropbox. She fires it off in QuickBooks and it's done. So that is another example that I thought I'd share because Zapier is the shit once you kind of figure out how to really make it work for you. Hold up, I have to tell you about my new What The Fab presets. I finally launched digital product, and let me tell you, it was a lot harder than I expected it to be, but I am so excited that they're live, they're available, you can shop them on the website, you can just go to whatthefab.com slash presets to see them in all their freaking glory. <laughs> These presets are something that I have been refining and tweaking over the years, and after almost a decade of being a travel blogger and lifestyle blogger, I'm finally making them available to you to purchase and to use on your own photos. So whether you are a full-time content creator or this is your side hustle or you just want beautiful aesthetic photos for your feed, I'd love for you to check them out. Presets are honestly a game changer. Using Lightroom presets has really optimized how I'm able to edit my photos. It makes everything cohesive and beautiful and branded so that when you see one of my pictures on Instagram or Pinterest, you know that it's coming from what the fab. And you can have that kind of brand cohesiveness too by using the presets and tweaking them for your own skin tone and style. They also have saved me hours upon hours of editing photos. I mean, it used to take me half a day to go through, you know, hundreds of photos from a shoot. Now I can just do it within one or two clicks. And then if I'm using desktop, batch sync it across all of the photos. It's amazing. Like I said, game changer. And these presets are, they're light and airy and will make your photos look beautiful, whether you're shooting on an iPhone or in the raw on DSLR. I've got the mobile pack. I've got the desktop pack. So there's something for everyone. If you want to edit just on the go, the mobile pack is a great option and you can use Lightroom Mobile. The app is free. So that's a really great option for someone who's doing this as a side hustle or a beginner. And then if you are building a brand, um, maybe this is your full-time thing, you'll probably want both the mobile and the desktop versions because then you'll be able to edit on the go on the app, but then also really like sit down in front of your computer, do that batch editing I was talking about, and just have that really cohesive vibe across all of your photos. So I hope you'll check them out. And I'm so excited I have a little gift for you. So you can get one of my mobile presets for free. Just go to whatthefab.com slash free and you can get my World Traveler mobile preset for free and you can use it on the Adobe Lightroom app on your phone. 
And the World Traveler preset, I've used it on every type of photo imaginable. It's light and airy and beautiful and just makes you look glowy. I've used it on selfies, date night pics, home decor, food, um, my friends' kids, and of course, my jet-setting travel pics. So I know that you will love it. Again, go to whatthefab.com slash free to grab that free preset for yourself. Enjoy it. Love it. Use it. I can't wait to see what kinds of photos you create with it, and be sure to use hashtag WTFab presets so I can see and share all my stories. All right, let's get back to the episode. Okay, numbers five and six have to do with file storage. I've already touched on Dropbox a bit, but yeah, Dropbox. I pay 120 bucks a year for it. I only pay for one user and then I just give everybody my login. So you can have more expensive plans where everybody is able to view certain folders and like you can have different users. I am just like, you can view all my folders. You can log in with my one login and that has worked pretty well for people. And I personally like having Dropbox in my Finder on Mac, but some of my contractors prefer to use it in their browser. That's fine. It's really like whatever works for them. And by the way, I share all of my passwords through LastPass with my contractors. So that's kind of like a little bonus tool for you there. And I use the free version of that as well. It works great. And I keep it organized by different folders, like shared with Content Manager, shared with VA. And then if I have turnover, which inevitably happens when you're running a business, then I can go through and like quickly unshare those passwords. And I also have a quick snapshot of passwords that just like need to be updated. So last pass for that. Dropbox, I use for images. I don't use it for docs. That is number six. That is Drive. So Google Workspace. It's so funny. I used to work at Google and I still am like, what is this tool called? Because they change the name so often. It was like G Suite, Google Apps, Apps, Workspace. So whatever it's called now, it's kind of like G Suite still in my mind because that's what it was when I first started working at Google. I mean, I use it for my sheets and, you know, Docs and Drive. And that's all like, I don't really do images within Drive. I find it really clunky to try and share images within Drive. Dropbox is just like so much more seamless for images. And obviously, I work with a lot of images. So, Drive is really great for collaboration within Docs and Sheets. And it's really just for file sharing that I'm using it. Okay, moving on to some of the more creative platforms that I work with. Number seven is Canva. So I pay $120 a year for Canva. And Canva has gotten so good, you guys. I remember trying it out a few years ago and being like, oh, I don't really need to pay for it. Like the free version is fine. And they've just come out with so many amazing features within it that it is absolutely worth it to pay for it. So I use Canva for so many things. Like, I feel like they really changed the game from like having to rely on Adobe Illustrator, which is like so fucking confusing and hard to work with, to drag and drop. Like, literally anybody can use Canva. I used Canva for designing my new website. I use it for any collages that I create. I 
have made GIFs for IG stories with it, my new podcast cover art. I'm using it for my sister's bachelorette weekend itinerary, like literally anything you can think of you can do in Canva. And a random pro tip that I recently learned, I've been trying to lean more into using the LTK app and like sharing collages on there. And collages are kind of time consuming to create. But a random tip that I learned when working on there is that you can right click and copy an image from a website and just paste it into Canva into whatever design you're working on, rather than having to download an image to your desktop, re upload it to Canva. Now you have this fucking image sitting in your downloads that you're going to have to like clear out later. No, you can skip all that. You can literally just copy and paste it. It's amazing. So that is great when I'm doing product collages for a blog post or for sharing on LTK. So anyways, Canva, it's great. Oh, another fun tip. You probably know this one if you already work in Canva, but if you don't, you can now easily remove the background from product images, which is also fantastic when you're making these collages. They just make it super, super easy. Number eight is Adobe Photography Plan. So that includes Lightroom and Photoshop. I feel like back in the day, Adobe was like something you purchased as a software. And now it's a subscription because everyone's moving to subscription now. But it's $10 a month, so $120 a year. It's an absolute must for my business because it's so content and image heavy. I mostly do my editing in Lightroom. Lightroom has gotten so good. I have recently was like playing around with different masks. And it's just been interesting over the years to see how they have fine-tuned the mask feature. And using AI, you can select like different people, different skin parts, like face skin, body skin of a specific person. So like this has been really great when I'm editing a photo from a Babes That Wander trip because there's five of us. Our whole thing is that we're a diverse travel blogger group. So we have different ethnicities and skin tones represented within that. And so when I'm editing a photo, it's so, so easy to be like, ooh, I'm looking a little bit orange, but everybody else's skin tone looks great. I'm just going to edit just my skin tone to kind of like tone that down a little bit. And it looks amazing. So definitely a must for me and my business. And then Photoshop, I use not as frequently as like back in the day, but I do use it to like fine tune photos, especially if there's like things that I want to get rid of, people in the background, scratches, whatever. Photoshop is my go-to for that because I feel like that's one thing that Adobe Lightroom hasn't quite caught up with yet is like the heel tool or the clone stamp tool. It's just not as good in Lightroom as it is in Photoshop. And obviously, I have my Lightroom presets that I launched a couple of years ago. And I'll put an ad spot in here so you can check them out, but you can try out one of the presets for free at whatthefab.com slash free. And that is how I edit my photos so quickly. I mean, after we go on a trip, we have hundreds of photos, sometimes in the thousands, if it's a longer trip or a place that's like really, really photogenic like Morocco. And going through and being able to use my presets really, really expedites that amount of time that it takes to edit all of those photos. Number nine is Flowdesk. They are my email service provider of choice. And so 
I pay $19 a month for Flowdesk because I was part of their beta launch. Their pricing is now $35 a month, and that's when you pay annually for it. You can try it for free for a month, no credit card required, and then you can get half off of your first year at whatthefab.com slash Flowdesk. There are two things that I love about Flowdesk. First, they don't charge you more as your email list grows. I have about 10,000 email subscribers, and if they were all on something like ConvertKit, I would have to be on ConvertKit's $100 a month plan. $1,200 a year for email is fucking insane. So I really like that Flowdesk doesn't penalize you for growing your email list. And then the other thing that is obvious about Flowdesk is that they're the most aesthetically pleasing out there. They have the prettiest templates and you can just really like customize your emails to make them feel like you and your brand. And they make that available in a really easy like drag and drop way. There are some cons with Flowdesk. The biggest one for me is that working with their workflows, which is kind of like they're like an automated funnel, Flowdesk workflows are like kind of a nightmare. I tried to set them up for my presets launch and it got really messy really quickly. So I like to use Flowdesk for really simple workflows. Like I have some location specific ones for some of my blog posts that have higher traffic where I'm like, oh, you're looking at the Scottsdale post. You're planning a trip to Scottsdale. Like sign up for my newsletter and I'll send you all my best Scottsdale tips. And so then they get entered into this workflow where it's like, here's where to stay in Scottsdale. A couple days later, you know, here's what to pack for Scottsdale. A few days later, here are the best restaurants in Scottsdale and so forth. So like a really simple workflow like that is fine in Flowdesk. But for something more complicated, like my webinar funnel for my SEO course, definitely would not recommend Flowdesk for that. And so I have that through ConvertKit. And so what I do, since ConvertKit is so expensive, is after somebody finishes the webinar funnel, which takes a little over two months because the first few emails are the sales emails that go out over the course of like five days. And then they get a follow-up email series that's like hot tips and like different SEO tips over a couple of months. And then after those hot tips emails they get unsubscribed. And again, this is through Zapier. They get unsubscribed from ConvertKit. So I'm no longer paying for them as a subscriber there. And they get moved over to Flowdesk to my general email newsletter. So that's how I use the different email service providers and how that works. All right, we are already at number 10. This one's kind of like a miscellaneous admin one, but it is QuickBooks Self-Employed. I do the self-employed version. It's $15 a month. There's definitely more expensive versions and plans, but this one has served me really well over the last, I don't know, five years. It makes invoicing really easy and tracking. Like I can see a quick snapshot of whose invoices are past due, you know, what's coming up. Again, I chatted through the whole explanation of how I use Zapier and Dropbox and QuickBooks and Slack notifications so that it just makes it really easy for letting my VA know when an invoice needs to be sent. And then my VA also helps me with categorizing expenses within QuickBooks Self-Employed. So you can connect all of your credit cards, your bank accounts, and it'll have a list of all of your transactions. And you can categorize them 
appropriately. And then come April, when I'm doing my taxes, I just hand that over to my accountant. So there's a feature where it's like, add your accountant here. You add their email address, and they can see how everything is categorized. And it just makes it super, super easy for both of us. It's also great for just, you know, knowing your numbers, your profit and loss. It's very, very helpful for me when I want to get a snapshot when I'm working on my income report episodes, because I can you know, filter things very easily to be like, oh, I've tagged all of the affiliate income throughout the year and I can get a quick view at how much of my income was just from affiliate links versus Mediavine versus sponsored brand campaigns. Same thing with expenses. Like, okay, I have so many different contractors and I want to know how much I spent in contract labor from the year. So very, very helpful. 15 bucks a month and just makes that kind of bookkeeping and invoicing super easy. So that is it. Those are my top 10. I have a few other kind of like random ones, of course, that I use, but I felt like those were the most impactful in my business. There's also a whole other suite of tools and platforms I use for running my course and the funnel. But I think I'm going to talk about that in a separate episode that's all about like lessons from the course launch. And I'll also get into the tools that I used for that. So if you are a blogger, a business owner, content creator, I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I will include links to all of these tools in the show notes so that you can quickly and easily access them. If I have any kind of like referral links, like the Flowdesk one that'll get you half off for the first year, I will absolutely include those as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it on your IG stories, take a screenshot, tag me. I'm at WTFab. If you have any questions at all, you can always DM me. And that's it for this week. We'll chat soon. Bye.